Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our Dragon's Demand run-through. You know, as always, before we begin, I always kind of like to catch everybody up to speed with how things are going here in the digital rage room. And as I've hinted at for, I don't know, quite a few episodes back, which kind of translates to several weeks, I've been hinting that we were going to be changing our mechanics. This is the first episode, right now, episode 30, as we start to incorporate the Pathfinder mechanics, and I just hope all of you guys out there, give us a little, please give us a little leniency as we start getting the feel for these rules. Uh, They are a little bit more intricate than 5e, and I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to make that leap. We want to we want to raise the bar of what we're doing. Not to mention that the Dragon's Demand is an actual Pathfinder 1E scenario, and I think it's best if we portray it in the in the sense of what it was written to be played in. Also, we've hinted at other things that were coming down the line. We do have another one, uh, another AP that will be on the horizon. Uh, it will be fifth edition. Uh, we're not going to abandon it completely. In fact, like I had said before, anything that has a, a D20 in it, we want to run it for you. All you got to do is write into the show at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com and let us know if there's something out there that you want to see us run. Uh, you could follow us on any one of our social media footprints, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah, Roll the Hard 20 Bang that little bell. Bang that. That sounds kind of... Sounds kind of feral, doesn't it? Got bang that bell. Anyways, crit that bell. We'll try that instead. But please, on whatever podcast app you do listen to the show on, please leave us that five-star rating and review. If you're really enjoying the show, I know I say it all the time, please tell people about it. Let them know how how much fun you're having while listening to this show. All that also being said, um, we are going to be changing up the roster here pretty soon. In fact, by the time this episode drops, we will have added a new Hardslinger to our ad hoc chair behind the virtual eye of destiny in our digital rage room. But you'll have to wait and find out who that individual is. I really, I'm looking forward to playing with this guy. That probably didn't sound right either. But anyways, (laughs) before I get myself in any more trouble, let's just warm up our dice and top off our glass as Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents episode 30 of our Dragon's Demand run-through. What the Baroness doesn't know. Um, So dungeon, uh, dungeoneering knowledge, there's many fields of study like Arcana, and engineering, geography, history, nature, nobility, things like that. Mm. The, the question is, do those fields of study all get covered under the top level knowledge dungeoneering? Or do you I have- don't believe that they do. I don't think um, so either. This, from this what is my I understanding is that if you choose one of those as your skill, like say knowledge dungeoneering, you, get you have like a plus three. That plus three doesn't isn't incorporated in anything else. Like you could have yeah. dunge, you could have knowledge local and knowledge dungeoneering, and they they would be two totally separate knowledges. Like going to a. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that because I have both. I've got local and dungeoneering, but you're local. But in, but in reading the core rules, under dungeoneering, you have fields of study. I, I have not found any place that that I have to specialize in a field of study that just dungeoneering covers all of them. Check your local JC. With that being said, let's start some calculus. Oh, right. <laughs> Get my abacus out. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, and with me, the hard slingers. the hard math slingers definitely so as everybody knows we've been leading up to this for quite some time we have just recently changed over to pathfinder 1e for our rule set so that we could incorporate those rules the way they were meant to be done during our dragons demand run through so is everybody ready to play some play some math yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Or add up those digits. That's right. Better take off your shoes. We need to count some toes. <laughs> so as you guys return to the world, you only recently left about five hours ago. It dawns on you that you're supposed to inform the Baroness Origena Devi of your success with over the, uh, the Blood Vow tribe. Uh, you remember that to get to Devi Manor, you must pass the Sunset House which is home of the local undertaker, Kala Destina Honus, whom you met recently back at the Hunclay Manor, along with who was alongside Deputy Mule. She had been waiting for someone to give her the all clear to remove the corpse of that charred kobold that was sitting on the, well, basically not sitting, but prone on the uh, front doorstep, basically looked as though he had been electrocuted. As the sun begins to set, causing the town of Belhaim to cast long shadows on its surrounding land and casting golden pearls of light on the surface of the Varurin Fork River. The only residence still bathed in the last light of the day is Devi Manor to the south. So. Well, isn't that an omen? Yeah, definitely. So, and uh, <laughs> also I want to remind everybody that you guys are now level three, but you don't get the benefits of that level until you guys take your long rest. Meaning, once you do that, you'll get all your hit points back. And so wherever you guys are at at this point, before you leveled up is where you're still at. So, okay. You notice that off to the north, you can see the collapsed witch tower. A little further to the northwest, you see Hunclay Manor. To the south, you see... Uh, the sunset home, which is the, the funeral home and the, the graveyard. And then above that, further south is where Debbie Manor is. Uh, turning back to the others, um, I imagine we're all kind of like doing that like dead man walking impression. Dead man walking shit. We're dragging Sirkin. He's got like a quarter hit point left i think <laughs> yeah one peso of a hit point <laughs> and and that's that's true i mean you guys had your asses reamed basically there's nothing left of of the tribe that you know but you did leave Nighttail in charge with the guardians of the future as well as i think a couple of hundred offspring eggs of their youngling that have yet to be hatched um I, looking at everyone, I'm kind of like thoughtfully like tapping my chin and saying, I think the Baroness will understand if we simply let her know that the deed is done and we'll give the full report in the morning. Uh, I look at Warren and say, I hope so, because I am dog tired. And if she gives me any lip, I may say something that the party will regret. I could use some rest. And don't forget the son Arnold is there. Arnold. Yeah, I'm pretty beaten up. Uh, I'm sure she'll understand. So you find yourself along the old quarry road, which then curves to the south and up the hill, right before you guys would cross the bridge that would lead into Belhaim proper. And it's this uh, Green Hill Road that passes the Sunset Home and then dead ends at the top up by Devi Manor. So I don't want to make the assumption that you guys are walking this road or what you guys are doing. So give me what you want to do. Um, Warren looks to those and says, if you all wish to go to the inn, I will relay the message to the Baroness. Debbie or, uh, and then I will come and promptly fall over on whatever bed is present. Uh, do you feel comfortable, Warren, doing this on your own? You know, Warren just gives, numbers. Warren just gives like a sly smile and he says, "Oh, please. Do you know how many people my cousin would eat for lunch that were of the Baroness's rank?" But what about Arnold? Chris, get closer to me. If you wish, you can come. What about Arnold? 
Well, that is going to have to be way to be seen. Do it. Do it. So, now. do you guys split your party at this point then, or what is your what is your options? What do you want to do? I mean, at this point, we've already gone this far together. We might as well just finish it all together. I mean, okay. Flint, as beat up as he is. He knows it needs to get done regardless. So, Step right, yeah, in. you guys can drag my limp body and see see if I make it. <laughs> Still drag you. All right, um, I I will um, I will go along with the party. Okay. Um, I I would ask Warren if uh, you feel that I may be getting a little extra lippy with the bareness that. Uh, shoot me a look or use a code word or something that if, if I continue to speak. It's um, your safe word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, uh, Brian, um, we I imagine like we are bloodied with cuts and just Oh yeah, you like... guys do not look anything pristine. I mean, you're, you're okay, good. bedraggled. You've got cuts that are still probably oozing. I know mm-hmm. that Sirkin still has uh, teeth marks from that snapping turtle that basically brought him underneath and, you know, piercings and was it Flint probably still has the majority of that resuscitating <laughs> wand sticking out his backside. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then as you guys... Let... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, as you guys make your way past the sunset home, you notice that the... Uh, that the sun continues to go, the shadows continue to get longer and longer, almost as though they're following you up the road to Devi Manor. It's almost like marking time as you're as you're going. The sun's going down, so it, it kind of just it stays in the light. But you you guys are staying in the twilight of the dark as you get to the porch of this manor. Warren, as you raise your hand to knock, knock on the door, rap on it, pop, pop, pop. The sun goes down. A few moments later, you hear feet walking towards the door. And the door opens and you see this large figure standing there. Uh, His silhouette is illuminated from behind by candles that have been lit up in the house. And you see Arnold standing before you. And he looks down at you and he says, Well, if the heroes haven't returned, shall I get my mother for you? Please inform your mother that we would request... Mama! Mama! You hear him yell through the house. Warren holds up a single finger uh, to, to stall him, if it, if it even Is works. Is this a fire blast? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. blast. <laughs> <laughs> he steps uh, just, aside as you, as you see his mom come down the the sweeping grand staircase towards the foyer she's all in robes regal's white satin robes with fluffy collars her hair is kind of up in a bun and she looks at you and she says oh so tell me was your mission to handle the kabold menace a success was that Arnold or the Baroness saying that? Yeah. This is the Baroness. She got a bit of a smoker's voice. Arnold sounds more like this, but she sounds like this too. <laughs> they confuse uh, us sometimes, but I don't know why. This is a ventriloquist. <laughs> He's got his hand up her back. Like, Come on, tell me, Mama. Give me a kiss. Yes, tell I love me, you too. Tell me now. God. Oh, God. The images. Um, uh, Warren just holds up a hand and says, your grace please indulge us uh the uh, the bottom line is that yes it is complete however we would uh, prefer to make a full report after we have been able to recover tell me did they put up a good fight Warren just like just looking at us looking at all of you and then steps aside so like she can see like the corpse of like or not corpse but body of like Sirkin like draped over like uh, I kind of imagine he's like largely draped over uh Flint and then like behind him like Stabby is like kind of holding up the legs <laughs> well, you should me. see the other guy <clears throat> well, that is what I want to hear tell me about the other guy did you eliminate them all as I said 
please indulge us. We will give you the full report in the morning. In the morning. You're not going to give it to me now. No. Arnold, As you can them see, out. we are barely standing. Well, would you prefer to stay in the house this evening? I would prefer to have you close by. Oh, all of a I sudden. I have been you... eagerly anticipating Baroness? this information. Baroness, I understand that. You have agreed to pay us. You have not yet paid us. I promise you, we will be back in the morning to collect our pay and to give you the full report. But you don't wish to stay here in the manor? What's the manor with you? What's the manor with you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Stebby is, I, I pull, I kind of pull Warren uh, closer to me and, and whisper and, and say, breathe. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I say to him, recall that I asked that we have accommodations here before our journey. And she mm -hmm. snubbed us. Why is she so intent? And why is she now offering for us to stay here? I kind of lean down and just, I'm curious of that myself. I do not know why. We should um, proceed with caution. Something smells rotten in Denmark. <laughs> or Austria. Austria. Don't tell me about the fatherland. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> so Warren, Warren will, will turn back to the Baroness and say, uh, if... If your grace is, is offering us uh, accommodations and a soft bed and potentially a hot bath tonight, that would be lovely. That would be no problem. I'll have Heinrich show you to your chambers. Excellent. Heinrich. And you see this old man come out, basically looks like one step removed from the Somerset home down the road. He makes his way or I'm sorry, the, the sunset house down the road. He makes his way slowly across the room. Well, I'll show you to your chambers. Follow me and try not to bleed anymore on the floor. There's hell getting down on my knees. And he takes you downstairs. There's a hallway off to the left. He shows you down the hallway and there's just doors all down. Takes the first two doors on the left. I'll bring refreshment and water to you. And he turns around. That's basically the extent of his gestured hospitality towards you. And of course, the Baroness, she's already going back up the staircase. Arnold mm -hmm. has locked the door and disappeared to another portion of the house, basically giving you guys the first two rooms on the left of this manor. But she got okay. beds in these things. She doesn't have more rooms in this manor. This is a small manor. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> give her a better Apparently. story. She'll give you a bigger room. All right. Uh, I'll leave Cirque into one of the beds so I could uh, rest myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys yeah. pony up in the first room. I'm assuming that Stubby and Warren take the second room. As you guys try to take some deep breaths, let your muscles come down a little bit. Flint, you and Sirkin hear a knock on your door. I have zero refreshments for you. I'll get up and go to the door and open it. Oh, you see he's you. got two trays. One of them has got a bunch of cold cuts and bread on there with a, a like a vase of water, a carafe of water and, and two glasses and he hands it to you. Good night, sir. Goes down, knocks on the other door. <laughs> Waiting for one or Stabit to answer the door. I'll leave Warren. it at the floor. Warren won't. <laughs> Just kind of walks away. You open the door. You see that it's basically left on the floor. The carafe is partially tipped over. Warren is like too sore to even do anything. So he just like gestures with his hand and a mage hand appears, writes the carafe and then lifts the tray up and then he just floats it into the room over onto like the end table. And he just like goes over to his bed and is just, I am just too exhausted even to deal with this. He just kind of like 
stretches and then there's a brief like flame outline as his uh form goes into the ring and then the ring just drops right on the bed excellent just to be you put that ring on (laughs) 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 um i'm in the same room as uh warren as warren's ring Yeah. yeah Um, I, um, yeah, I, I will take that ring and wear it to protect, um, you know, Warren at this point. I, I'm still very suspicious of why the Baroness has asked us all to stay mm-hmm. or has offered rooms to us this evening. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I don't think that I'll be getting much sleep this evening. As the night starts to wear on, everybody's lids get heavier, heavier. Everyone except for Warren make a perception check. I actually can perceive what's going on around the ring. Oh, can you? Okay, go ahead and make it. Uh, it's to be. Uh, perception check. Sorry. I suck. Listeners, you'll have to excuse the hard slingers as they become more familiarized with hero lab flint do you have that perception check i thought you were just doing warden and uh no everybody everybody i've got even even poor like unconscious (laughs) sirkin somehow Uh, i got a 21 21 oh shit you're awake right Uh, he should be awake it doesn't matter the perception check's fine okay Uh, 11 for flint 11 stubby 15 15 warren 12. 12. Sirkin, although you, you're you out cold. Actually, let's start with you, Stubby. You're damn near out. Laying on the bed. Got Warren's ring on your hand. And you hear creaking from the second floor as though somebody's walking softly up there. Sirkin, you're pretty much dead asleep. And your eyes flash open as you too hear this creaking from the floor above you only you also hear what sounds to be like murmuring like two people possibly communicating and then it gets quiet Hmm. okay um, yeah, Sirkin will kind of just hear that and he notices it, but he's kind of just too exhausted to kind of really do anything about it. So he kind of just quickly goes back to sleep. Stubby? Um, can I, am I like fully awake or? Yeah, it's, well, it woke you up however deep you were into it or, or close to the threshold of sleep. This make made you basically wake up and take notice of the walking. I mean, you gotta imagine it's almost as though your your nerves are so frayed from the combat that you've seen for like the past nine hours. You know, going through that whole uh, blood valve lair, dealing with the the dire rats, dealing with the kabolds, the snapper turtles, rogue has chigori, the skeletons, all this stuff. I mean. It'd be a miracle if you got a decent night's sleep, even though you're fully exhausted. Just the the playback in your mind over and over again. Can can I attempt? Um, I think like a linguistics check to see if I can pick out anything that they may be saying. Well, you didn't hear them speaking. You just heard the woods creaking uh, above. Okay. The only one that that would have heard it would have been Sirkin. Okay. Can um, is there any light from under the door? No, it's dark. Okay, but I but I did hear the creaking. You did hear the creaking. Okay, I, I'm uh, I'm gonna unsheath my rapier and just have it close. Okay. That's it for me. The evening passes on. Eventually, everybody succumbs to sleep. Goes, you guys go without molestation. You wake up the next morning. There's light coming through the windows. You you hear bustling about in the house. Uh, 
whatever seemed to bother you in the middle of the night, whatever you heard, those demons that might have been at the edge of your perception, they just seem to dissipate almost to the point where you think as though they were just maybe manifestations of your imagination. It didn't, you know, like, it's almost like things look more dire at night in the dark than they do when the sun comes out. You're like, oh, psh. hey, there was nothing going on. It was just my imagination running wild. Who knows? You guys wake up and you guys are in your rooms. Uh, does this count as a full rest for us? Yes, it does, which means you guys are now 100% at level three with all the inherent abilities that go with it, including all of your hit points. Now, just real quick, before you guys do anything in your rooms, I I'm going to take a moment to say, Stubby, now you were a rogue halfling in our previous iteration of the mechanics. What did you change into that was somewhat analogous with that uh same rogue halfling i didn't change race or class warren what about you um unfortunately pathfinder uh does not have a straight translation for a warlock so i am now a sorcerer but other than that i am still human very good flint flint try to keep uh as true as he could with the uh, 5e mods that he did for his character. So he's still a cleric and he's still a strong healer. And dwarf still, right? And dwarf, yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. stayed the same. That's right. Flint hard bath. <laughs> Sirkin, what about you? Uh, Sirkin is still the same. Uh, still a half-elf uh, ranger. Very good. And that's what we pick up right now. You guys are currently in your selective rooms tell me what you guys would like to do um has warren warren is he still in his ring uh warren emerges from his ring after almost exactly eight hours and um as he uh kind of uh appears next to you he's actually looks like he's had um maybe not necessarily a bath but a really good like scrubbing he's uh clean um when that mage know. hand to work dude <laughs> dude prestidigitation <laughs> um his clothes his clothes look to be uh uh any damage to them look to be uh mostly mended um and stuff and he uh uh pops out of the ring uh, next to you and he's like oh Stabby, well, thank you for keeping my ring safe. I was con concerned about our well-being and yours. Mm, I appreciate that. I uh, honestly was a little too exhausted to even consider that. So I wait. I, I got a quick question. Stabby, you were in the ring, right? I was. So did Warren appear in, in your bed? <laughs> 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 or, or, <laughs> I can just or imagine that. Yeah, it's like uh, Stabby, what are you doing? <laughs> As you guys are trying to figure out whose position is and where, uh, Flint, you hear a rap at your door. Get up to the door, stretch, and open the door. You see, uh, what was his name? Heimlich. Heinrich. Heimrich. Heinrich, Heinrich, Heinrich looks at the at you both and says, "The Baroness would like your time if she could have it, please." Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'll go wake your comrades up. And he doesn't me, even uh, wait for a response. He goes down, knocks on your door, Stubby. The Baroness requests. I'm sorry. The Baroness <laughs> right. requests your attendance, please. Uh, Warren will uh, open up the door and nod, and of course, please inform her we'll be up. Um, you look very shortly. good for somebody who had went toe to toe with the Kabul tribe. Mm. I get clean. Well, not you, little <laughs> man, half man. I actually just gesture at stabby and uh use press the digitation on him and after about like 15 seconds head to toe all the dirt just kind of like 
flings off of him. And, and he, he's watching this and he's like, that's, that's very entertaining. I'm going to go to my room and imagine this all over again. I'll be back. Takes off. <laughs> After a few moments, you hear talking downstairs. No doubt it's, it's Arnold and the Baroness are conversing with one another, most likely in the kitchen, in the breakfast nook of the, of the manor. Mm -hmm. And you hear from, <clears throat> from that area. Well, if you're not too busy now, I would love to have the, the conversation with you about what happened at the Blood Valley. Please come join me and Arnold at the table. Uh, of course, we will be up shortly. Um, oh, we're downstairs. You don't need to come help. Stay down. I'll be down shortly. You're already you down. Be, you Get will down. Be there I need to spread those out. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever you're ready. I will I will uh uh knock on Flint and Circum's door, make sure that they are also up, and uh I will give them a uh prestidigitation scrub as well. Oh give them everybody oh. cat baths. I like that. Right on. <laughs> All right. So tell me what you want to do. Now you know that she's requested your presence at the breakfast nook. Mm -hmm. No doubt that she and Arnold are waiting there for you. Um, I look to the others and um, say, the only thing I'm concerned about is how the Baroness might react when she learns that uh, Nighttail is uh, still there um, with the eggs. So I'm curious if anyone has any insight how we'd like to spin that. Or just give her the unvarnished truth. Say so be transparent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I if anything, we tried to make an ally of of them to help the city itself. Mm. Yes. Well. Well, he committed. Let's see how horrible this can go. But he committed that the the city would be safe mm -hmm. from the cabals. So I I say we are transparent with her. About the outcome. Agreed. <laughs> Let, let's uh, not keep the Baroness waiting. As and, you guys uh, make your way through the house, you find yourself at the breakfast nook. It's not really so much a nook as a, as a large room, big oval table. There's plates on it with, with toasts and jams, and there's like steamed carafe of coffee and you see there's all kinds of juices and, and fruits and hams and stuff like that and she says please have a sit at the table could i get you some orange juice with some apple juice what would you like some coffee tell me what you'd like Toast you. with some... a very impressive spread here <laughs> mama you know the difference between jelly and jam Get out of here, Arnold. <laughs> uh, Warren, Warren will will nod and thanks to the Baroness and sit down and get himself something to drink and then look to the others, wait for them to get settled. And she's slowly just sipping her coffee and she looks at at you, Warren, and she says, "Well, you seem to be doing a lot of talking last night." Perhaps you'd like to continue the story. I, I would love to pay you your 500 gold pieces as we agreed upon, but you must tell me, uh, were you able to annihilate, I'm sorry, uh, eliminate the kobold threat? Warren just kind of takes a sip of, of coffee and, and um, just uh, sets his cup down and says, the Cobalt tribe is no longer a threat. Oh. I hope this means that that is good news. We won't be seeing any more Cobalts in the area. I would not go quite as far as that. There is one caveat um, with the Cobalts. We actually found an ally among them. Someone who was uh, looking to remove the corruption that had 
Um, so he was easier to kill than the others? No, he was uh, to be negotiated with. He is gathering a few of his followers and they will be leaving. This means that you let them live then? Yes, we did. How did they, what did they say to you that would make you spare their lives? Aside from the fact that they assisted us with uh, killing other kobolds and removing the actual threat. Baroness, let me ask you this, if I may. What is your goal for removing the kobolds? Are you looking for access to the quarry? Not at all. The, the quarry has already been written off for a couple hundred years. There's no way to get to the limestone. The problem is, is that Belheim is just starting to become a presence in this part of, of the land. And every time we start to get traders into the town, the kobolds mm -hmm. were starting to raid those trading parties. And that will no longer us. happen. That will no longer happen. And if they don't keep their word? Then we will go and have more words with them. Roll me a diplomacy check, Warren. I actually have ranks in that. 22. 22. She looks at you and she says, well, we have your word to go off. And I believe that you are uh, an individual of honor. And from what I can tell, I can't help but think that you have ties to Belheim. You seem to take great heart with what you have done. And she Arnold, please, pay the heroes for what they've done for me. So you hear him lumber in with a sack, plops it down in the middle of the table, and you are actually paid in full this 500 gold pieces. Each? She said, no, don't be greedy. <laughs> don't be greedy. We don't get greedy in my house. Tell me this, though. Uh, what else did you learn in this cabot lair? Was there any information that might be of use to me or the town council? I looked to the, to the others. I mean, Warren will talk, <laughs> but that's um, what I'm counting on. Um, I'm just, uh, I wanted to, if uh, any of the other, uh, if, if any of the others had any thoughts that they wanted to share. Uh, no, we didn't, we didn't find anything that would suggest that they were planning anything against the town. But were there we, any other information as to why they would have dealt with the old wizard the way they did? Why would they have brought down the witch tower? Why would they have killed Honkle? That is actually something we did want to discuss with you, is we actually would like unfettered access to Honkle's manor. Do some digging. We'll get to that in a moment. There is something I had to discuss with you, but I would like to hear the information about the lair first. Mm. Who was this chief? Was he working on his own, doing all this? Or was he following the order of something, someone else? He did seem to be under the influence of a name. A name from my time. Like um, the oldies? What, what are we talking about? Your time. Everybody has their time. Uh, You're not much older than I am. You could almost be an older son of mine. What is your time? My time is that of Tula Belheim. I believe you will, you may recall one of her list of accomplishments was doing away with a dragon by the name of a Teparax. This is the myth that goes around in this area. Every child that's grown up in Belheim has heard about the Teparax to one point or another. However, I was actually able to witness the aftermath of that. I assure you that the myth is not such. It is a deed that my cousin actually performed. Now, there ha was, between the kobolds that we found at the bottom of the ruined uh, tower, 
um, and uh, other things that we have learned in the caves, it is thought that this uh, chief, uh, Roghaz, uh, was in correspondence with the Netaparax. So my concern is, is they uh, did apparently have at least some dealings with Hunkle. I'm curious if Hunkle also had dealings with the Tepperax. With that, I don't know because he kept to himself. The only time I ever tried to get any, had any dealings with Hunkle was when he asked me to, to have the witch tower taken down because it was blocking his view of the eastern sky. I told him no. Short while later, the tower that. collapsed and he showed up dead. But getting back to this Teperax, I, I don't know if that is uh, if there's any truth to this. But I would prefer if when you're in town, you don't mention that name to the citizens. Of oh, Berlin. I have no intention to. That's, that's good. Uh, also, why you, you've been handling this kobold snafu, another development has arisen during the time you were actually in the lair. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about. I had sent out a word yes, yesterday to Hunk, about Hunkley's death via Raven to his closest kin. And although she doesn't want his, his tower, she doesn't want any of the stuff that's in his tower, what she has requested is that we sell off all of his, his all of his merchandise and, and whatnot and send her the money. So what we'd like to do is, if you're up for it, we need the four of you to actually go into Hunkley's tower and inventory the, the stuff that is in there so that we can then auction it off. If that is something you would like to do, and it would most likely pay a little bit more than what you did for us going into the cobalt lair. What is a little more? Possibly ten times as much. That's a lot. Could more. be a little bit more. I would uh, argue that we would be some extremely well played clerks. Well, let me make this perfectly clear if you decide to accept this mission you are not to disturb anything in the tower you are just to inventory the merchandise why you don't you don't take any books you don't take any of of rings or, or rugs or anything like that because the reason why we need you to to go in there, little man, is because we do believe that Hongklei may have trapped his tower. It's no secret that that uh, Grengol Lenten said that when he and his stonemasons moved all the blocks into the tower, that the wizard touched each one individually. And there's nobody in town that would know how to deal with curses or ruins of protection or anything else that may be in the tower. It's very fortuitous that the four of you came to bail him when you did. Uh, we once again are risking our lives to do your bidding. For the money though. We're not doing it out of the graciousness of your heart. You no. don't have to accept if no, you choose not to. But I heard you say that you wanted to go into the manor. The manor is now under the influence of the Council of Belheim, which falls under our jurisdiction, and the Council falls under my umbrella. <clears throat> I have yet to that. go into the manor unless I denote it to be so. Oh, Why not make a little coin on the side? Perhaps it's not enough coin. It's clear to me that you feel that, that this manor Ooh. is... Um, more dangerous than you're willing to put your own citizens at risk to inventory? Well, that is true. They are, they are not equipped to do something like that. Uh, I believe that 10 times the, the coin that you gave us to go through the lair is not enough. How about if I give you 5,000 gold pieces? Each. 
that would not suffice. I can give you all 5,000 gold pieces. That's, that's a good driving bargain. Uh, 5,000 each. I'd like to... Um... I would, if you will, uh, Baroness, if I may um, possibly make an arrangement that would not necessarily cost you more than 5,000. You do... <laughs> You are to sell all of this uh, off, all of Hunkley's belongings, his estate off, correct? Yes, there's an auctioneer already en route. They will Excellent. have an open auction. And if there's anything in there that you wish to have, you will get first crack at buying it with the money, but you don't get to keep anything out of the tower. That's not my request. That is the next of kin's request. Now, is the next of kin going to receive this manifest of the inventory? She will get a copy of the manifest, and then she will get a copy of what everything sold for. Anything that is left over, she will then be responsible for sending one of her own associates down to find a way to sell the remaining property. But she is very much aware of what her brother was into as far as astrology and astronomy and all the other darker arts that he dabbled in, in the books and the magic and all the other stuff. Lights would go on in that tower all the time. Warren, you hear something in your head and only you hear it and it says, do not let this pass you by. This is the opportunity I have prepared you for. Meanwhile, she's still going, all the, all the auction can be had at any time for you. You don't have, you get to be sitting right up front. If you see something you like, there's a spear here. He's got all kinds of beautiful birds. You like the birds. He's got telescopes and magnifying scopes and all this other stuff. You get the first crack at it. But you're not to take it. I look over at Stabby and, and Flint and kind of quirk an eyebrow. Uh, I pull Warren in close and, and say, I'm still highly suspect of her motives. Um, perhaps we can have her negotiate on our behalf with the next of kin of a 20% uh, of the uh, sale of the auction as an additional fee. Are you saying this aloud, or can she no, not hear you? She can't hear me. I've, okay. I've, pulled, I've pulled Warren in close, and yeah. she, as she watches you two, your heads come together. And she's sitting back, drinking her coffee. She looks at Arnold, and she looks at Flint and Sirkin. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that is very rude. Please forgive us. We're wanting to make sure that. Uh, for everything a is potential. very transparent here. If you believe, no, that... you have you have been a fairly transparent Baroness, and we do thank you for that. A, a thought that had occurred is if you would um, converse with the next of kin on our behalf. Um, a uh, shall we say a hazard fee of. Uh, 20% of the auctions proceedings would be a fair uh, recompense. So you want 20% of whatever sells from the auction? If what I, you said is true about Hunkley maybe putting spells or traps inside his, his manor, I mean, it would just make sense. Well, I've been authorized to pay you the 5,000 gold pieces to go through the manor. And that was given to me as authorization by the next akin to pay you. If you want the 20% of all of everything that comes out and gets sold from the house, I will mention that to her, but you may not get the 5,000 then. It may be one or the other. <sighs> I can't go to bat for you and, and, and say that 
you'll get them both. But no, you don't no. have. What can I say? You've done. You you've not slain in the Tepperax or whatever. You've you've gone in and killed a bunch of kobolds. That that's all you've done. That's all I know that you've done. I would. I know you're capable. Your of point is well taken. Um, I would uh, ask that if we do come across anything that is particularly dangerous, you do relay that to the next of kin and perhaps um, uh, a hazard pay. Um, the other issue that I would bring up, however, and this is one that you may be able to uh, claim jurisdiction over, is if we do find, while inventorying, anything that might uh, link Hunclay to the Kobolds or a Tepperax, that uh, should be taken as evidence. In regards to what? To a Tepperax himself? In regards to the safety of Belheim. Well, the safety of the town is always my premier, uh, my my premier interest. My my point in that is that that may be something that would not make it to auction, but would be kept by you, brought to you by us, as evidence of Hunkley's dealings. Now I see what you're talking about. It just rang in my head like a bell. <laughs> well, let's just keep that on the table between you four and me and i won't disclose that to his next of kin but what i will do is i'll send the raven and see if she'll not get more money i don't know but i think what we'll do is we'll wait and find out next session that makes sense the raven has to fly you know gotta wait for that answer <laughs> exactly <laughs>